You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. I'm Phil. And I'm Erin, and we're really excited to bring this episode to you because this episode is what we've decided to call Fresh Insights. And this is the one and only that we're going to be releasing on our typical podcast. From here on out, we'll be releasing these once a month exclusively to our Patreon supporters. Now, you can become a Patreon supporter. You simply go to Patreon slash Ruaspace um, or click the link below and you can sign up and be a member to support us. And it's a way of um, thanking you for your support that we are releasing exclusive podcast content and such like that. But these Fresh Insight episodes are exciting because Phil and I will be sharing our personal experience with spiritual disciplines, which is something we don't do often here on the podcast. I mean, we share personal things, but the Patreon is where we're going to be sharing our experience and what we ourselves are learning and taking away. So we'll be sharing something we learned, something we each practiced, and something we each read that month. So yeah, so it's going to be kind of helping you connect with some of the latest research around mindfulness and prayer and health and uh, faith, life, whatever it might be. And yeah, getting to connect a little deeper with what we are really experiencing, which we try to bring to everything we do. But you know, when you help support the ministry, which means a lot to us, Patreon is just $5 a month. So if you've been blessed by this ministry in some way, we do ask you if possible to support us over there. And then we'll take you even deeper into our life. So this is sort of an example of what you can expect every month, plus other content we release there. But this will be one of the podcasts we release. And so this is for summer. We released the August episode on Patreon already, but we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, sort of this pandemic time and summertime, our fresh insights. So why don't you kick us off with something you've learned lately that is impacting our world and our faith? Okay, so because we have been in a pandemic and there's been major Uh, racial justice issues going on. Um, Of course, I ended up coming across another kind of heavy concept that I did not know about previously, and it's called fast fashion. And if you aren't familiar with the concept, fast fashion in a nutshell is this idea that we are expecting clothing to come to us very cheap, and we're expecting as a culture that we would all have a lot of it and we would all be rotating through it rather quickly. So you would not rewear items for many years. The fashion itself is trending specifically to put you out of style quickly, uh, sometimes even in the span of a couple weeks to become out of style. So you then go to the stores and purchase more. So it's like consumerism on an all time high. And Okay, if you can't tell, this is not actually a mindfulness practice we are wanting. Um, so I'm not sharing this because it's, <laughs> it's something a, well, we're it's striving for. It's kind of a lack for. of awareness. It is. Well, and that is what hit me about this, is realizing that this fast fashion trend, which I had seen, but I didn't have a name for it, and I didn't know it was as epidemic as it is. This fast fashion trend had a red flag to me because it is against what we are called to as Christians. And when you look at scriptures and you see that we're called to think about what's good and what's lovely and we're supposed to consider things and reflect on how how what we're doing glorifies God or serves God and serves others and shows love to other people, this fast fashion seems to be in opposition to a lot of that. It is not sustainable as a um, people group, uh, our environment, it's not sustainable. And one thing that stood out to me is this idea that what comes 
at little cost to us comes at great cost to someone else. And when you look at a t-shirt that is on trend and it's say $3.50, it we are trained to think this is a really great deal, but you think about it, how much does that yard of material cost? Actually, a t-shirt is probably a half a yard of material, just in case you're curious. So a half a yard of material cost, and then how much does the labor cost for someone to make it? Even if you're churning these out and you're like a machine at it, we're talking at least half an hour, an hour probably more reasonably, and that's if this is really well trained into your muscle memory. So when we consider that, um, it just made me aware that we need to start thinking about how we can have more mindfulness with our clothing and how we shop for clothing um, because we're, you're, we're going to be going upstream to start doing that. So it sounds like there's twofold. One, recognizing the call of culture to say you must look a certain way in order to fit in. Mm -hmm. Therefore, at any cost to whoever it may be, mm -hmm. you must get this. But then second, sort of considering then how do I source my clothes? Where do I get them from? Exactly. So there's two aspects of it, an internal and kind of an external, but they rotate around each other. Exactly. And so I'm going to actually cheat the system here and go into what I practiced this summer because I it's directly tied and that way we don't have to jump back into this later. But one of the things I practiced this summer was making choices. Um, I'm starting with just myself. There's four of us in our family, but one person is a lot to start with for me. So what I'm trying to do now is think about how I can clothe myself sustainably. And I've come up with a couple of things. So first of all, I just want to say that this is not something only rich people can afford to do. We do not fall into that category. We are very blessed. I would say that we are very blessed. But I was told one time by a friend that sustainability and green living, well, that's all for people who have money. And so I think um, sometimes we're too quick to accept that. And this is something I think regardless of how much money you have, you can still wrestle with it and make steps to improve. So anyway... Um, this summer, what I was looking to do is find a more sustainable way to clothe myself. And what I came down to was if I simply have less clothing, that in itself makes this a lot easier because I can spend more on fewer pieces. So for example, you need to have something you can wear out to the park with your kids. So in the past, you might go shopping and say, okay, I'm going to get like five t-shirts and three pairs of shorts. And instead, this summer, I did just one pair of shorts, a couple t-shirts, and then I actually found that dresses helped me to need fewer articles of clothing in my closet because it's one outfit all as a thing. So a few sundresses. And I'm not going to lie, there have been days where the practice felt difficult or frustrating, especially when I would look on Facebook or Pinterest and see other people and think, oh, I want to look like that. And the truth is, because I'm not going shopping in the way that I was accustomed to, I just can't do that anymore. Um, but it also feels good when I look at that because what it comes down to is whether fast fashion is something you want to tackle or whether there's a different justice issue that is on your heart that you're looking to make changes towards, we are told one person can't make a difference. And so many of us will criticize or will speak out on social media, but we're not actually doing something. And what I really wanna challenge you is to find a practice that helps you take one small step to live out choices 
for justice and change. So maybe it's plastics, maybe it's um, environmental issues, maybe it's a different justice issue, but when you come across something that strikes you as in discord with the way that we are called to live for Christ, that's something then, even if it's difficult, to just start making little changes. And I'm not going to be perfect at this. There's already some things where I'm like, oh, I don't, how far do I want to go with this? But it's that wrestling with it and that making practices. And I know from experience, as you make some small changes, pretty soon those don't feel so big anymore. And then you're ready to make another small change and tackle, or maybe another small change on a different issue. And if we just give ourselves a little grace to keep trying and be creative and think about how it can work in our life and what change we ourselves could make. If we all start doing that and living differently, I think that's how we can combat some of these bigger cultural trends that are in opposition of the way Christ calls us to live. And I think it can inspire others as well. People will see it and be encouraged to do that as well. But I've also discovered with the clothes one, it has helped on multiple levels because now we have less, which mm-hmm. means less to worry about, less to care for, less to, you know, store, store Organize. all that. <laughs> and then when it comes to buying it, we don't have to buy the cheapest thing because we're not buying 10 of them. We're mm-hmm. buying one or two. Mm-hmm. And of course it helps because you make your clothes, right? But I do. <laughs> I would encourage people, you know, you can buy at a thrift store. So you're not supporting the company directly, right? Mm-hmm. You can have someone make it. There's a lot of creative people now that make some really amazing clothes mm-hmm. and you can buy it from them or just look up companies that are dedicated to making things ethically. And so there are a lot of choices out there, but it does make a difference. And we've discovered that it doesn't just make it difference for justice in the world it really shapes our hearts it does Mm -hmm. help make space for god because these are issues god cares about how often does god say don't come to me with your songs and your sacrifices if you're not living justice so if we're going to come with these other things that's an important aspect as Mm -hmm. well so for me it was connected to memory believe it or not and both regular just memory, remembering things, and what is called working memory, which is sort of our ability to process things in the moment, whether we're under stress or we're working on a project and there's other distractions going on. And there's been studies by people at Harvard and as well the University of Miami that mindfulness, so things like body scan, um, breath meditation, which we've taught at Rua Space, the uh, awareness of the present moment, that these mindfulness practices, they've done studies where people were either given mindfulness training or like creative writing training and the mindfulness people, their memory got better. It actually like mm-hmm. helped with their, uh, I think they said the, yeah, they said it increased the volume of their left hippocampus, which affected long-term memory. And so wow. um, if you want to remember things, it turns out that being able to focus on one thing with something like mindfulness training helps, but they also are believing that it helps with your ability when working under stress. So they're trying to do tests now and different um you know, scientific experiments with people who are like soldiers, first responders, those types of people. And the studies are still ongoing. But what they're saying is they believe that when you can take space to focus in on one thing during meditation, it affects your ability when a high stress moment or when you're trying to learn a new thing, it helps your ability to focus on learning that thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas your mind wants lots of other stuff to come in. So one of the examples that came to mind for me is 
we are big fans of the TV show Friends. So there's this episode when Ross is marrying someone named Emily. And in the moment, he's standing up on the altar and he goes, I take thee, Rachel, right? And it's this huge issue in the show because his mind goes back to what was before rather than focusing on the present moment. And how often in our lives, when we come into a difficult circumstance or a circumstance where we have to try something or do something new, our minds get completely lost. Either anxiety takes over or we can't remember the task at hand because our brain has all these other inputs Mm -hmm. coming in, especially during a stressful situation or even in our life when all of a sudden our our faith is challenged, right? Or we're facing a difficult situation. If we have sort of trained our minds through mindfulness practice to be able to focus on one thing rather than our mind getting bombarded with all that other stuff, we've trained it to be able to focus on Yes, I can remember God's faithfulness. I can return to my breath, which is a gift from God. So these are the types of things we teach in our spiritual disciplines that when you learn to return to your breath, you can return to that breath when you're like, God, where are you? This is painful. This is hard. Well, it turns out science is starting to show that our brain, it turns out, is actually wired to do that on a like chemical, like biological level. And so what we're teaching with the spiritual, it turns out actually even non-believers are saying, yeah, when you focus on mindfulness, it helps you focus on the most important thing in the moment. So for us, that's God, but this could even help you just in your efficiency at work in, I mean, potentially they're saying as you get older in maintaining your long-term memory, uh, possibly. That's incredible. But when you start thinking about it, like what, when you were talking about all of that, what really stood out to me is, but isn't that just like our God who is so great and so creative and he gave us ways to live that would of course benefit us to live the best way possible. And so when scripture is telling us and teaching us to meditate on his word day and night, to remember the Lord our God, to remember what he's done for us, we are taught by our God that doing that is the way to live fully. And here we have science discovering some of how it ends up working out. It's just, it's mind blowing, but also so encouraging. So anytime you think about it, like, you know, God just created us so magnificently. I mean, how many times is the issue in the Bible that Israel forgets what God had done for them? They get into a difficult circumstance, (laughs) right? Like they're standing at the sea with Pharaoh's army behind them and they lose their minds. They'd rather go back into slavery. But maybe had they practiced a little mindfulness in that moment, they could have recalled, oh, God has always come through for us in the past. Oh, I know all these things are bombarding me now. Let me return to the present moment, return to the fact that God is guiding us. So so it it, it shapes us to be able to focus. When we, when we train our minds and therefore I think our spirits to focus in on one thing that becomes our reflex. So then if our, if we train ourselves to return to God in prayer, return to our breath, it becomes a reflex when we're not doing it. So my practice, I would suggest two. One, mindful breathing. Just literally set an alarm for three minutes or five minutes on your phone and just breathe. And focus in on maybe on your chest, on your belly, on your throat, um, on your nose, whatever it is. But each inhale and exhale, just focus in on that. And as your mind brings in other thoughts, 
just return to the breath as you find it leaving. Or you can do it like centering prayer where you use like a name of God or something like that. And you just say Jesus, right? And as your mind wanders, you come back to it. That's shaping that reflex and it mm. actually works. And the second one I would do is called a body scan where you just sit and you start at the top of your head or the bottom of your feet and you just, you just feel. So what is my face? What is my head feeling? What is my shoulder, arms, chest, hips, thighs, feet, whatever? And you sort of focus in on each body part and it's amazing what you'll feel that we just like plow through life. You're like, whoa, my shoulder hurts or my arm hurts. And the more we sort of train ourselves to be aware of that just for a couple minutes, it's getting us in touch with our feelings and our feelings are often from God, right? Even the, even the ones we don't like, you know, the fear, the anger, whatever, when we learn to be in touch with it, then we can respond properly. We can respond to it rather than react. So those would sort of be my practices, which you can find those other places at Rua Space. So we highly recommend those. So that's what we've learned and a couple practices. What was your book? Okay. So this month I had, or this summer, I had pulled out kind of an, a classic. <laughs> um, so you may have very well heard of it before. If not, uh, I'd encourage you to go take a look. But um, I have started reading My Utmost for His Highest every morning by, by Oswald, Oswald Chambers. Chambers. So I've read it, man, I guess years ago. And I was kind of on an anti-devotional kick for a while. And I thought... I hit a point where it would, <laughs> it would be, <laughs> oh good, well then I'll take this one for now and then you can have it back when I'm, when I'm done. So, but I started thinking, oh, I would like a little guidance on something to think about in the morning instead of having to, we've got decision fatigue going on here. We've got, um, you know, getting ready for homeschool starting up and stuff like that. So I was like, I just want someone to give me some things to think about and then I can think about them. And here's what I have to say about it. Um, I think there are some days, my utmost for his highest is set up, so every day you have a little devotional, but they were actually parts of his sermons that he gave, so it's not written like a devotional you'd be accustomed to hearing necessarily. And what I've enjoyed about it is not that every day I've come away feeling refreshed and filled up. Or even that you agree. Because, well, that's what I was going to say, because I'm finding that as I have grown in my faith, I am now able to read things written by prominent Christian um, leaders or authors or influencers. And there are some things he's written that I just really like. I find it challenging and I walk away thinking, wow, that is a good reminder. I needed to hear that. I need to remember that as a parent today. Um, and then there are some days where I'm walking away from it going, I'm going to have to wrestle with this because I mm. don't think I agree. And I am now in a spot, which I am enjoying much more, um, where I'm able to say I don't think I agree and wrestle with why and really come to what I do agree with. And sometimes it's interesting because my wrestling ends up back where he started and I'm like, so maybe I do agree. I just would have said it differently. And some days I walk away from it going, I just don't think I'm on the same page. Um, but isn't that the beauty of, of God, right? He gives us so many ways to interpret scripture and to understand him. And when we come and learn from each other, at least it's getting at me thinking about things that I probably wouldn't have started thinking about on my own. So that's what I am. I'm actually still currently reading it. But if you haven't read any of them, I would recommend picking up Oswald Chambers, My Utmost for His Highest, and 
the disclaimer has been said. <laughs> we do not agree with everything he writes, but I do think a lot of what he writes can be encouraging, challenging, and get you thinking. Well, I think that's why is that, you know, you don't have to, and I would highly encourage people not just to read people that they agree with. I think that's one of the problems in our society right now that actually we're meant to wrestle with things. So go and wrestle a little with Oswald Chambers. That can be a good thing. <laughs> and so, you can message me on a day that you're wrestling. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I'll probably and, understand. And it's okay. That's part of it, right? Yeah. So my book is Yoga Body by Mark Singleton. So most likely a book no one's heard of. Unless you're in the yoga world, then a lot of people have heard of it. And it's really amazing because he really traces the history of yoga into the modern day. And so especially over the last couple hundred years. And so it wasn't what you thought, was it? Well, it was what I was hoping it might be, but I didn't know for sure what the direction was going to be. And so Mark really shows us that yoga is an evolving practice that is highly impacted by Western forms of gymnastic and gymnastics and bodybuilding. And that I know a lot of Christians sometimes want to stay away from it. And there's certainly forms and ways of doing yoga I wouldn't do and wouldn't recommend. But I don't think that discounts the whole thing because it isn't just owned by the Hindu religion, right? It wasn't just something that evolved in a vacuum. It actually was highly impacted even by the YMCA coming into India and highly impacted by physical culture movements throughout the world. So anyway, I would highly recommend this book if you're interested in yoga or interested in doing yoga with us because it's not the easiest read. It's a lot of history, but it's really amazing and really shows a picture of an evolving practice that continues to, to be shaped and I think leaves space for Christians to do it in the way like we do here. So I just thought that was a really cool book if you're into yoga. All right. Well, friends, that wraps up what we have to share with you about the summer months. And again, if you enjoyed this format and hearing more of this personal take on what we ourselves are practicing and wrestling with and experiencing that we don't share in the same way on our typical podcast, you can head over to our Patreon page and sign up for $5 a month to become a member. And by signing up and supporting us, um, we release these podcast episodes and we also have bonus articles, Lectio Divina Live, maybe not always Lectio Divina, we might throw in some other practices there, but we do we do bonus content there because we cannot tell you how much we appreciate you. We appreciate you, our podcast listeners. We've appreciated your community and friendship this past year since we have begun. And this membership is a way that we can show you thank you for all of your support and also get some help supporting keeping this ministry going because there is a cost to it and that's just kind of the ugly side of podcasting. And so to be able to continue, we would really, really appreciate your support. Well, thanks for joining us, friends. Go ahead and click that link below. We definitely appreciate it. And we will see you in the next episode. Grace and peace be with you.